Man, I'm so glad to see you guys here today. Uh, if you don't know, my name's uh, Clayton. I'm the pastor here, and uh, it's great to have you at church with us this morning. Before we get started, look at the screen behind me. If you'd like to follow along with today's message, um, fill in notes on your smart device. You can do that. Just uh, use the camera app on your phone or your iPad, and you can uh, scan that QR code around the screen, and it will take you directly to the notes, or you can use um, our our app, our church app, a lot of different ways you can get those notes. But uh, you'll want to follow along today because uh, today's going to be awesome. I'm excited about continuing our series. And last week we didn't get to do it because uh, we had to do online church because of the, the weather. And I remember when I moved here uh, about 11 months ago, and a lot of y'all asked me, what, what are you expecting? What do you want about moving from Texas to Oklahoma? And I said, I just wanted to snow. Like, I'd love to experience some snow. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done with uh, snow. For a while, man, I went and bought a snow shovel. Never done that uh, before. And then man, we, sh- we shoveled a lot of snow. And, yeah, I'm over it. Um, I'm done. I'm done with it. Well, two weeks ago, we started a series um, called Making Change. And uh, we talked about getting out of debt and how important that is um, for your family to be able to, to deal and handle um, debt in, in America today. And we looked at a verse that was in Proverbs chapter 13. It's kind of a theme verse for for this series, and it says this, in Proverbs 13, 7, it says, one person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing, and another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. And I think that's just an incredible verse that speaks to our American experience, that there are people who pretend like they are rich, but they don't have anything. They are in debt up to their eyeballs. And so that's a problem that we have, and for a lot of us, a lot of our families, that's a problem that you're dealing with right now. But there's another problem that needs to change. Not only are people in this room who are in, the, in debt up to their eyeballs, but there are Christians in this room who say they are serious about God, and yet they haven't given God their finances. They've held on to that. You're surrounded by people in this church, in this room, and online, there are people who are really, they're, they're, they're fake. They're posers when it comes to following the Lord. I think about several weeks ago when we had the, the Super Bowl, and I know there's a lot of people in here that are probably Kansas City Chiefs fans. I'm a Kansas City Chief fan after the Dallas Cowboys, but they're never going back to the Super Bowl ever again. So I can, I can, uh, I can you know, root, root for Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes was at uh, Texas Tech, and that's where my parents went to school, and we're, we used to live close to there. And so, you know, I, I could root for them. And so before the Super Bowl, there's probably, I'm probably like a lot of y'all. Y'all were just... Like, yeah, man, Kansas City, they're going to kill them. It's going to be awesome. And then, like, in the second quarter, <clears throat> when they're getting blown out and people, are, people ask you, well, who are you rooting for? And you're like, ah, I don't really care. You know, I'm just, I'm just I just want to watch the commercials. It doesn't matter. I just want a good game. I just want a good game, you know. That's what you say, right? Those are, those are fake, right, fake fans. When you're not all in for that team that you're rooting for. And I feel like for a lot of us, that's what it looks like when we're trying to follow up to the Lord. We look like we're all in. And so are people that we love mission trips and we love, love uh, the idea of going on a mission trip or, or supporting Project Hope. Um, we're in small groups. We're, we come to worship services. We love to serve. We look like we're all in. We love everything that the church is doing, but we don't tithe. Simple as that. We aren't people that give back to God. According to Dave Ramsey, 53% of Christians in the United States, have not given to their church in the last month. That's over half. 
which is kind of crazy to think about. And I'll tell you what, we've done the, the numbers here at Central, and we're, we're better than that, that, but just barely, just barely better than that. that. That's a big problem, and that's a big issue that we need to address. Let me say this. God does not expect non-Christians to give. So if you're not a Christian in this room, man, you just can relax. This, is, this message is not for you. And if you're a guest with us, I know we have a lot of guests today. If you're a guest, um, as, as the pastor here, I'm not asking you to give. I'm only talking to people who are, are members here at Central. And I'm giving your, your pastor, wherever church you go to, I'm giving your pastor a bone here. Um, you know, I'm telling his, his uh, members to, to give. So you can go and give at your church. So if that, that is you, man, you're kind of off the hook today. But for Christians in this room, we have to understand that God wants more for us. He wants more for us, especially when we deal with our finances. So last time, last, a couple weeks ago, we, we, we asked you to commit to something, and, and this was the commitment. I commit to attack and pay off all my consumer debt. That's what we ask you to, to make that commitment. And we're going to ask you to commit to a second thing this week. If you're going to have financial freedom, and it's to be faithful to God with your finances. And so for a lot of you, you're going, oh, great, he's just talking about giving. This was not the Sunday to come to church. And, and is the, uh, I'm not talking about giving. Not at all. Right? No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I am. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. We're talking about giving today. But here's the deal. It's not about us getting money from you. That is not the point of, of, a, of a pastor coming up here and preaching about giving. It is about something that, that you can get out of it. It's not about us asking you or, or, or enticing you to give something to the church. We want something for you. Not something from you. We want something for you. And if you go to the Bible and you, you read it and you look at it, throughout Scripture, when we're obedient to what Scripture is telling us to do, it has tons of benefits for us. Because I believe all of us in this room, no one wants to be in a financial crisis. No one wants to be in debt up to your eyeballs. No one wants to be making it just month to month. Um, no one wants to be suffocated by, by worrying about money. And God has given us a secret formula for winning with money. In fact, the title of the sermon is The Secret to winning with money, and it is this, to tithe, to tithe. And I want to give you some reasons why you should tithe. So if you've taken notes, you can write these down. Number one is this, God owns it. The reason we tithe is because God owns it. So turn your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. It's the end of the Old Testament. And the, the, this guy, Malachi, is a prophet, and he is the very last prophet of the Old Testament. So you have all of these guys that are prophets and they're speaking on behalf of God. And then you have Malachi and then you have this 400 year span of nothing. And then John the Baptist shows up right before Jesus preparing the way for the Messiah. But Malachi is the last Old Testament prophet and he realizes that the Hebrew people, the Israelites, they have a big problem. They have fallen away from God. And this message that he gives them is like a wake-up call. Like, how many of y'all, when you're going, you're at a hotel, you ever call? We used to do this all the time. You call and get a wake-up call, right? I need to be wake up, woken up at 6 because, you know, whatever, I got a meeting or something like that. And you're always just hoping that person will wake you up, right? We don't do that anymore, but, but it's, that's, what we, that's what this is. This is a, a wake-up call for, for God's people. And here's what he says in Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 6. He's quoting God and says, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. What a great message. God's saying, 
I never change. So I'm there to protect you. And he says in verse 7, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Verses 6 and 7 is just a summary of the entire Old Testament, okay? Of God not changing. He's the rock that the people need. um, And yet the people continue to change. They continue to to fall away um, from what God has in store for them. And so he says this, halfway through verse 7. He says, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. And then he kind of puts himself in our shoes and he asks this, says, but you ask, how are we to return? And God says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you may ask, how are we robbing you? And here's what God says, in tithes and offerings. God God says, stop robbing me. How many of y'all ever robbed someone? I mean, how many of y'all have ever been robbed? (laughs) Okay, you've been robbed. It's not fun, right? So someone would come up from behind and me and, and grab and steal my cell phone. What am I going to do? I got a text message. Okay, um, if 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 someone stole your phone, what are you going to do? You're going to run after them and tackle them and take the phone back. Why? Because it's yours. That's mine, right? So if someone robs me, they're taking something that is mine, and so God says that you are robbing him. When you don't tithe. So what that means is that it's his, right? It's all his to begin with. So if you're taking notes, write this down. If God owns it, then we don't give it, we return it. If God owns it, we don't, get, we don't give it back to him. I think we need to change the way that we kind of look at, at giving or tithing. We always talk about giving to God like God needs it. We don't do that. We're returning it back to him. That's what it says here in Malachi. We return it. Tithing is returning to God a portion of what he has given us. So that's the first reason we should tithe. Here's number two. Another reason you should tithe is because tithing shows my true colors. Tithing shows your true colors. When I was writing this, I was thinking about back in 1986, there was this song that came out. And it was by Cindy Lauper. Anybody remember that? That crazy lady? Um, man, you go on YouTube and watch the video this afternoon. If you do anything, just go and watch that, okay? It's the weirdest music video I've ever seen, okay? But in this, in this, this song, it's, it's a song about a person that, that's got things kind of messed up in their life and things are just happening uh, that they weren't expecting. And it's just life has thrown them some curveballs. And she sings this, says that I can see your true colors shining through, Right? And that's what this song is saying. It's, it's talking about knowing who someone really is. And when we tithe and when we don't tithe, you know what we're doing? We're showing our true colors. We're showing our true colors. You see, showing, tithing shows God that he has 100% of our heart. When we tithe, it shows God that, that he has it all. Let me, let me go to, to Exodus chapter 20. You go back to the Ten Commandments. The very first commandment, here's what it says. You shall have no other gods before me. That's what, that's what he says. And so you might ask the question, like, what other gods might we, we try to follow? And I think there is, there is one God, little g God, that we love to follow, and it is money. See, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you're going you're gonna to hate the one, and you're going to love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one, and you'll despise the other. And he says, you cannot serve both God and and money, because here's the deal. Money, you know what it wants from you? They want your heart. They want your heart. You know what else wants your heart? 
God wants your heart. And tithing is one way that we show God our heart. Where is our heart? You see, if you're writing anything down, write this. Tithing is really a worship issue. That's what tithing is. It's really a worship issue. And until God has control of your money, you know what you're doing? You're just being a poser, right? You're just faking it in this Christian life. Because Jesus says this a couple of verses before in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, he's saying wherever your money is, that's where you're going to find your heart. That's what you're going to be devoted to. And not only that, but our motivation for giving is really what God is after. And I can't explain it that well. There's some other guys that can explain it better than me. So y'all watch this quick video. I give to God by enjoying what he has given me. Okay? I mean, do you really think he expects something back? Now, I know there's a lot of people at church that would not understand this line of reasoning. That's why, just to make things simple and not to cause any controversy, I like to carry what I call the little empty envelope. All right? You see, when the plate gets passed, I bloop, put it in there like that. The deacon's counting the money. They only know me as the crazy empty envelope guy, but the people sitting around me, clueless. <laughs> I win, they win, God wins. No one gets hurt because no one knows. God knows. Huh? Let me ask you a question, huh? How's your mutual fund? Hey, for that matter, how's all your funds? Ha has the fund left your funds, huh? Has your do-re-me taken a W-A-L-K, huh? What if I told you that I knew about an investment you could make that the return would be mind-boggling? And, and, and it's, it's promised. It's guaranteed. I know what you're saying. There's no guarantees. This one's guaranteed, okay? Malachi 3.10. So what it says in the Old Testament. It says, test me. Give to God, and he will give you back. It goes like this. I give this. He gives this. I give this. He gives this. I give this. Up right up there. He keeps giving. I can't outgive God. How crazy is that? <laughs> Do I love him? Sure, whatever. I'm just saying, if you give, he gives back. <laughs> I tithe, but just not like in the form of a 10% check per se. Let me tell you what I mean. When I go to church on a Sunday morning, they're selling donuts, I buy some, boom, that's a tithe. When my whole Sunday school class wants donuts and I, out of the goodness of my heart, buy a whole bunch for the Sunday school class, boom, that's another tithe. But it's not about me spending money. It's about the smile on people's faces. That, my friends, is tithe enough for me. Case in point, the church was having date nights where we could take our spouse out for an evening, and they were charging $25 for child care. Boom shakalaka tithe. I'll tell you what the biggest tithe was. When I spent over $100 on our meal, and my wife was grinning ear to ear, that, my friends, a tithe. I, w I would like to give. I would, okay? But everything right now is just crazy. I mean, just crazy, you know? I mean, not normal crazy, really crazy, you know? And if after I paid my bills and took care of the things that I need and want, then I would, I would consider giving something, but not, now's crazy. We're, we're, we're going to give later. We've already talked about it. I mean, down the road, we'll be crazy givers, but right now it's just crazy. 
Yeah, I have money, that's a fact. But you know what, it's a hard thing between me and the Lord and the pastor because he needs to know what I'm giving now that we have this little building campaign going on, if you know what I'm saying. And pastor, I'd give a little bit more. I'd give a little something, something if you'd have that music minister sing a couple more hymns now and then, huh? Hey, what's this, watch this. Is that a Benjamin? I think it is. Benji likes hymns. Come on. You want it? Ah, come on, Pastor. Do what I say, huh? Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh, in my life, Lord, be glorified in me. I put money in the plate. Wait, wait, wait. Look what I have here. I hope it doesn't interfere. That everyone can hear how I give with cheer That everyone could be like me Jazz I just want to apologize. That was Ryland's recommendation. So... But isn't that true? I mean, there, there's some little bit of truth to that humor. And here's the deal. As your pastor, I'll say this. If you're giving for the wrong reasons, don't give. Don't give. Because it's not about getting money from you. It's about your heart. It's about giving for the right reasons. And that's what God wants from you. He wants you to worship him through your giving. But for some of us in this room... There's a, there's a third reason why we should tithe, and because we're rule followers. There's some of us in there, we're, usually we're the firstborn of the family, and we're just rule followers. And uh, it's this, that God commands it. God commands us to tithe. Um, I think about in my life, you know, my, I, when I was growing up, man, I just want to be a rule follower. And my parents told me to do, man, I was going to do that, you know. I think some of us, that's as easy as that. If we, what does God want from me? What does he want me to do? Tell me what God wants me to do, and I will go and do it. And God commands us to tithe. If you look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, here's what he says. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. It talks about giving out of your, your first fruits. And so back in the Old Testament, they, they would give, they would give uh, grain sometimes. They would give uh, animals sometimes. It wasn't always writing a check, you know, to, to, the, um, to the, not the church back then, but to the, the temple. It wasn't always about that. It was sometimes they would have to give, they would give their, their first fruits. And so it's really a budget issue, if you think about it. So last a couple weeks ago, we talked about our budget and, and how we need to, everybody needs to have a budget. But you know what? The first thing we need to do when we, we deal with our budget is we need to deal with our first fruits at the very beginning. And God says, that's what you need to do. When you make a budget and you say, you know what? I'm going to give that, that first portion back to God. I'm going to return it back to him. Because here's the deal. You know what? If you don't do that, if you don't make that determination and you write out a budget and you put giving down here, what's going to happen? By the time you get down to it, there's nothing left, right? And so God knows how we are. And so he says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. God commands us to tithe. And I'll tell you this. I'll be the last person here to tell you it's going to be easy. Tithing is not easy. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's painful. Because there's a temptation that, you know what, if something bad happens, it's like, man, you know, I just can't give right now. I can't do that right now. And, and then, you know, your transmission goes out, and you're like, you know what, I've got to do that. Or these unforeseen circumstances arise, and you're saying, you know what, I, I just can't give right now. It kind of reminds me of a story um, that I heard one time of this boy who was going to go to church. He's going to walk to church, and he had two quarters. 
and he was gonna gonna tithe uh, one quarter to to the church, and then the other quarter he was gonna save for candy um, after after church. And he was walking with his family to church, and and he got really bored. And so he was walking, and he started kind of messing around and playing with the, the the quarters. And he starts flipping them around and just messing around. And he goes to flip, and and he drops one quarter, and it falls, and it goes down into a sewer. And he runs over to it, and he he reaches down and tries to tries to get the quarter out, and realizes that it's lost, and he stops. And looks up and says, sorry, God, I lost your quarter. And then he puts the other quarter back in his pocket for his candy, right? And that's how we do it sometimes, right? We say we're going to give as long as everything is perfect. As long as everything's perfect financially, as long as nothing, nothing happens, nothing goes wrong, then I will give. And so what is God asking of us? What is he calling us to do in this message today? Well, let me ask this. How many of y'all are control freaks? Anybody? Come on. All right. How many of y'all would say the person next to you is a control freak? Okay. A lot of y'all would say, I, I'm a control freak. I want to, to be in charge. I want things to, to go my way. Um, I want to make decisions. Right, Holly? Right. Back and just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Right. Okay. So this is, this is how I am. And God knows that. God knows that that's how we are. In our lives, we want to be in control, don't we? We want to be in control of our family. We want to be in control of our, our careers. Um, we want to be in control of, of our futures. And you know what? We really want to be in control of our finances. We want to have that control. And God realizes that. So here's what, it, here's what God does. This is crazy. There's only one time in all of Scripture that God asks us to do something pretty radical. Here's what he says in this passage back in Malachi. He says to test me. Nowhere else in Scripture does he, does he say that. But when it comes to our finances, God says, test me. Just test me and see if I will be faithful to you. Look at this. In verse 10, he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. You see, God, he wants his people to test him in this. Now, this does not mean that if you give then you will become financially wealthy. That is not what what Scripture is saying here because then tithing will become an investment strategy, right? And that's what some people will get up on stage in some churches and they will preach that and say, you know what, if you'll give $100, God's going to bless you and give you $1,000, okay? That is not what Scripture is saying, but it does say that God will bless you. So how will God bless you when you test him? Well, when you get to God, he's going to change your attitudes about money. He's going to make you think about money in a little bit different way. When you give to God, he's going to open up doors for a rich and fulfilling life. I'm not talking about necessarily wealth and great riches, but he will bless you with a rich and fulfilling life. When you give to God, he will help you help curve your spending impulses. Because think about it. When you've got to get on a budget, if you've got to say, you know what, God, I'm going to let you have all control of my money, then sometimes we think, more deeply when we want to go and just buy whatever is, is on our minds. When we get to God, he's going to change our purposes from, a, from ex, a, like accumulating wealth, which is the worship of money, to worshiping him and using money as a tool. And when we give to God, he brings your family back together. When you begin to, to deal with finances together, it, it brings you back together. You begin to think about and pray about how God wants you to, to use your finances. He will bless you. Because here's the deal. The simple fact is you cannot outgive God. You can't do it. 
You cannot outgive him. That's why I'm going I'm to ask everyone in this room, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you're a member of this church, to make this second commitment. And it's this. To commit to tithe 10% of my income to God through Central. you got to think about a tithe as returning back to God, not about necessarily giving it to the church. But we do that through the church. And so we're going to do something here um, as a church that we've never done before. It's going to be a little crazy. Some of y'all are going to laugh at it. It's going to be nuts. But we're going to do something that this church has never done before because we really believe that our vision is that Jesus changes everything. We want to be a church where Jesus changes everything, and he can change our finances as well. And God says to test me. He says, test me. And so we're going to do just that. So I want everybody to look underneath your chair. There is a pen and this envelope. Okay, everybody, right now, go and, go and do it. Now, if you're a guest with us today, man, you can just you can hang on to that and just look at it. But we're not asking you to do this. This is for, for church members only, but for, for families. So, so everybody grab one of these. But if you're with your spouse or your kids, man, you can grab this. Um, and y'all can just fill, do, do one of these. But here's what this is. Inside this envelope is a, a tithing challenge. And I'm asking you that as a church to take this tithing challenge. And if you're online with us right now, on the, the notes, it should be a, a link right there. Or they're going to be putting the link on our Facebook or YouTube streams right now where you can fulfill or fill this out digitally. But I want to, to go through this with you. It's a tithing challenge. And on the back where it says uh, 90, kind of real big, it has a whole lot of writing. I want to, to go through that with you. And ask you to prayerfully consider taking this challenge. Here's what it says. There's two things that you can, you can check off in, in these boxes. First one is this. That I would like to test God's faithfulness by accepting the 90-day tithing challenge. To do what scripture has just told us to do. I agree that if starting next Sunday, my household will give to God through Central a tithe equal to 10% of my income. And at the end of the 90-day period, get this. This is how much we believe in God. If I'm not convinced of God's faithfulness to bless my life as a result of my obedience to his word, then I will be entitled to request a refund, the full amount of contributions made during this 90-day period. If you would commit to give for 90 days and you don't feel like God is, has blessed you, and fulfilled his promises in your life, we'll give you money back. We'll give it all back to you. Now, there's some stipulations, and we'll read them at the very bottom. Hmm. Here's the requirements. I understand that this form must be completed and received in the church office at the beginning of this tithing challenge, starting next Sunday, okay? And I understand that my tithe must be paid online or by check or cash in an envelope so that we can record it. We, we need to know that that's, we need to tie a name to, to the amount of money so we can document it. I understand that I cannot seek a refund for any contributions made prior to the beginning of the 90-day challenge. So if you've been giving for 37 years, you can't say I went all the way back for the last 37 years, okay? Can't do that. It will not work that way, okay? Also understand that I cannot request a refund until this, this challenge is over, okay? And I understand that any request for refund must be received in the office within 30 days of finishing the challenge. I'm going to ask you, if you've never given to Central but you're a member of our church, I'm going to ask you to check that box and say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm going to test you. you. You tell me to do that. And I'm going to test you and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be faithful to what you've called me to do. And there's another checkbox that you can fill out, you can check as well, and it says that I already give to God through Central 
10% of my income have seen God's faithfulness in the area of my finances. And I commit to continue to do that. And so I do not need to participate in this 90-day challenge. So many of you in this room, about half, for to be honest, about half can, can check that. And I, I, would, I would ask that you do that as well. If you already give to Central to do that. And then on the back, you flip it over. We ask you to fill out your information. And at the end, that you would sign this. And as your pastor, I'm gonna do this as well. So Holly, you don't have to fill this out. I'm gonna do this for our family right now. So y'all do this with me, okay? Fill it out, however God is calling you to do it. When you finish, here's all I ask you to do. Take that, put it back in the, the envelope. And when you leave this, this uh, worship center today, um, there's buckets all around the room at the, the exits. They're big silver buckets, got central logo on them. Just put, put it back in the envelope. You can seal the envelope if you want to and just set that in there as you leave today. But let's do this, guys. Here's what I believe. As a preacher, every time we open up God's word as we read it, and it, it just naturally convicts us. But the question is, there's a turning point of are you going to say, eh, that's great, and just move on with your life, or are you going to change and be different? God wants us to be different, to grow continually, to be devoted followers of him, and this is one way we can do that. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for Thank you for teaching us and showing us what it means to be faithful followers of you. God, the, there's, there's a truth there today that until you have control of our finances, we're just faking it. We're not really following after you. And God, uh, we're, not, we're not preaching this sermon. We're not doing this series to get money from people. We, we want we want believers in Christ to be really following after you, to give their entire heart to you, be able to say, God, you have 100% of it, and I'm showing it through my finances. God, we want to trust you. I think sometimes we, we trust you with, with so many things in our lives. Maybe it's even our salvation, but we kind of hold on to our money and think of it as, as our own, and yet... We see very clearly here in scripture that when we don't give back to you, when we don't return back to you the money we have, then we're not really putting you first in our lives. We're robbing you. We're robbing you of fully having our hearts. So God, I pray that we be people who can say, God, you have all of it. 
you have my heart and I'm showing it through my finances. And God, I pray for those of us in this room who maybe checked that top box and said, you know what, I haven't tied before and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna trust you. God, I pray that you'll be just abundantly faithful to them and bless them so much and really show them that you are in control and that you are someone who can be trusted. We know it. We know you can do that. God, it's been a tough year, but I'm so excited about 2021 and what you have in store for our church, but also for each and every family here today. So God, bless them abundantly. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.